0: This is the left side. This is the right side. Welcome back to Pretty Good Vibrations, the podcast that both celebrates and analyzes pop and rock music and the crucial role it plays throughout our lives. In this case, we are talking about the songs that have taken up the most space in my life in the year of our Lord, 2023. I hope you guys enjoyed the year-end rock mix episode from last month and uh, today I wanted to share the other mix so I always do a kind of a normal year-end mix and then some years I do two mixes the second of which is rock oriented. In this case uh, there was a lot this year that is there was a lot of rock and it necessitated the two different mixes. So um, I had a lot of fun. Obviously, a lot of you picked up on the fact that a bunch of those rock songs were from the new emo punk bands episode I did with Chad Mitchell. That's totally true. And there's going to be other connections to episodes from this year on this uh, more traditional mix, but also some surprises, stuff that's not been on any episodes. So I guess we should just get into it. There's probably not a whole lot else to say If you listened to the previous one, you kind of get the gist of of these mixes that I do every year. So let's just get into playing some tracks here. The opening track. Now, every year, I tend to pick one song, the chorus of which I just cannot get away from. stuck in my head all year long. My favorite chorus of any song I I discovered that year. And again, this is true, I said it last time, but these are not all songs that came out in 2023 these are songs that sort of defined my year of 2023 now this song i played uh the chorus at the end of the hot takes saves the day motion city soundtrack episode with david because we were talking about a certain kind of chorus that i really like kind of uh kind of hangs on the on the main note of the scale um of the key and i just i can't get away from this song this band half alive who i don't know a ton about i know they're British let's see what does Spotify tell another from Long Beach California interesting they sing as if they are British I wonder if they moved there from the UK well sometimes it's nice to not know they've got a they got a little presence uh, one and a half million Spotify listeners per month that's that's not shabby at all and uh, this song Summerland is just I think incredible and I think you'll like it too. Everything is freedom Till the seasons change And the trees start dying And the sunlight leaves your face Hear the crack of lightning Well, your heart will break into new beginnings Beginning to erase But something about me makes it all feel better Baby, Summerland holds what I want right now It's like the hoodie. of Anywhere be dancing all night with all my friends, in on the shores of Summerland. No, summer comes, I'ma cut head, take a long drive, heading anywhere, be dancing all night with all my friends, in on the shores of Summerland. So great. That is the song. That's the chorus that's just been with me all year. Again, Zach Walking Stick uh, plays bass. Actually, these days he doesn't play in King's Kaleidoscope anymore. He plays in Citizens. When he's out playing bass, a buddy of mine here in Seattle, great music taste. Thank you, Zach, getting a big shout out here. Next up, and by the way, these—I said it again last time too—that this is a mix. It's it's meant to flow quite well um, if you play it straight through. I will say this one's fairly eclectic. It jumps around genres, but I try and make sure that songs sort of bridge decently into each other. But these ones might not be as good to shuffle as, say, for instance you know, the rancid and no effects episode, just throw that on shuffle or, you know, whatever indie pop or alt pop, whatever. So this one is twin shadow featuring Haim. I'm a huge Haim fan as will become clear in episodes that I don't know if you guys have heard yet, but that have been recorded. This song's called Saturdays and it's another chorus that I just think is, (laughs) is pretty perfect. And actually uh, Daniel Haim doesn't start singing until the bridge so we're probably not going to hear her on this clip. We'll just hear Twin Shadow himself. But man, talk about a chorus. Traveled around bit my chrome heart say No one can make me stay Clips to a reasonable length for possibly imagined copyright issues, potentially. (laughs) Uh, Haven't had any issues yet. Would like to keep it that way. I guess we did hear Danielle there at the end. And she also might have been, she or other of the Haim sisters may have been singing background vocals harmonies in that chorus. Kind of hard to tell. Um, Gosh, that chorus. Oh my gosh, I love it. I, I can't just keep saying chorus, 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 chorus. But I'm a chorus guy. I'm a pop guy. And here's a song that I discovered, <laughs> you all might laugh, like, Dan, we all knew about this song five, seven years ago whenever it came out, but I discovered this Adele song, Said My Love to Your New Lover, when we did the Carly Rae Jepsen, David and Goliath episode. I did that with Joe Greenitz. And I don't, I don't know if I'd heard this song. I know it had maybe some radio play. I don't think I've ever heard it, uh, and I don't listen to a lot of pop radio, so that's Quite possible but this chorus i mean obviously adele i gushed at length about her on that episode because she is deserving of such gushing uh, but this chorus this is straight straight into my heart and mind this is from the album 25 i was too strong you were trembling you couldn't handle the hot heat right great speaking of artists that channel a a kind of a classic pop sound into something that is nonetheless contemporary which I think Adele does quite successfully we've got a track by bleachers this is the newest track that Jack and bleachers have released it's called modern girl I will admit to be very, very to being very excited for bleachers fourth record I have loved all three of the of the previous ones probably the second is my favorite uh, we discuss Bleachers in length in the either upcoming or just released indie pop Mega Tournament episodes, so I don't need to step on that here. This might come out first, that might come out first, I haven't decided yet. As I've said elsewhere, we've got a, a baby arriving any day here. I am recording this three days before he is scheduled to be uh, brought into the world via induction, but he might come earlier. We are actually in the middle of early labor here, which can can last a very long time or a short time. So far, it's been a couple days. Anyway, got a little pocket of time to record this. I'm very excited, but uh, bleachers. Love them, won't say much because again, talked about it plenty, uh, but this this truck has got me excited for this record. Here's Modern Girl. Change my meds, change the flight, body's on, body's wild, body can, only flat, I love the use of saxophone. I love that Jack has really kind of emphasized bringing in some of that 70s E Street Band um, series of elements into his contemporary pop. And sometimes I think that works less than other times. I think the third record, Take the Loneliness Out of Saturday Night, I think is what it's called, didn't succeed quite as much. Maybe going a little little too far and like just doing – his own Bruce Springsteen thing, but still a lot of it really really worked and I listened to a bunch of songs from that record regularly. Be interesting to see where he goes uh, on this next full length. But speaking of saxophone and bringing in some of that 70s sound, I love Van Morrison, I think a lot of us do. I know his early stuff a lot better than kind of what came what came later, but a song that I was turned onto this past year is from Van's 1982 album, Beautiful Vision, and the song is called Cleaning Windows. It's this kind of blue-collar anthem, and it's got this really great 70s Irish soul thing going, uh, even though it came out in the early 80s, a lesser-known kind of period of his work. But, man, this is a great tune. You know, for Van, it's like Astral Weeks, of course, *Moon Dance*. you know, Tupelo Honey. That That's kind of the era I know him... Best for, and also he's very well known for his uh, velour tracksuit appearance in giant purple high heels on The Last Waltz, the Martin Scorsese-directed music documentary, the final show of The Band, Uh, Bob Dylan's band, and many famous other artists. uh, Van, quite a character. These days has delved, I think, headlong into sort of COVID and conspiracy theories and I don't know, right-wing populism, not a good look, but it's not going to ruin his old music for me. And I would be surprised if most of you, uh, I would be surprised if many people actually knew this song. Um, I think it's kind of a buried gem. So here's Cleaning Windows by Van Morrison. Hope for his on sand Curiosity killed the cat Kerouac's tarmac bumps And on the road Man in my front. Man in a so fun. I mean, soul music, I think I've said this somewhere. Really, I got into soul in a fresh way maybe eight years ago or something when I started writing advertising music with my buddy Michael Parker, um, who was in a great Seattle band called Pickwick, and which I, I know we've talked about at some point on some episode. Oh, maybe it came up actually on in the indie pop one with Chell. So that, that might be uh, a week or two from now, but uh, through working with Michael, just kind of rediscovered this obviously quintessential American musical art form, you know, Motown and Stax stuff and, you know, a- any, anything like I've just still got a lot of blind spots there because I didn't really grow up listening to that. And so when a great soul track or, or something in that vein cuts into my conscious awareness for the first time, it can be kind of thrilling because uh, this is, in my opinion, actually, I, I think that soul, like 60s and 70s soul, is probably the pinnacle of American music. I think that, you know, especially the Motown stuff is like hits every quadrant. Every person can love it, but it is also artistically extremely interesting. Um, it's articulate, a lot of it is quite unexpected. I'm thinking about like Marvin Gaye, what's going on era. Like those chord changes are insane. And yet it's so catchy. And it also speaks to that moment of Vietnam war and social unrest. And it's just like, it's the peak. I don't think American music um, gets better than soul. Obviously, Van Morrison is a a white Irish dude doing his own thing. Um, But, you know, that song grooves, his band grooves. Uh, Speaking of grooves, I am like so late to the party on Prince. I really, I never listened to Prince growing up. I know I'm a little young. If I was Gen X, it would have been a bit more of a natural fit. I didn't have any older siblings who would have like turned me on to Purple Rain or whatever. So I I was trying to fill in some gaps with Prince this year because I had heard something that I really loved. And, you know, actually, honestly, the 1975 – have been kind of an entryway back into Prince for me, because I think that they draw a lot on his, especially his production techniques and sounds, a lot of their drum sounds and just kind of rhythmic sense, very Prince. And that got me curious. I also was texting and talking with Michael about Prince and, and actually, you know, this, this first big single of his from his debut album, uh, which is, uh, you know, stayed very popular over the years I don't really know how it is that I could have not really known it but it it escaped me somehow and that is the song I want to be your lover and this is just like a perfect dance song uh, I, I there's nothing that should be changed it's just fantastic So sweet. Speaking of smooth, another Seattle buddy of mine, Jason Holstrom, lead singer for the band United State of Electronica. Pretty good vibrations listeners will remember him as my co-host, I should say, not guest for the Beach Boys Mega Tournament. By the way, if you are new to the podcast and you have any love at all for the Beach Boys, you got to go back and listen to those episodes. In some ways, those are like represent like my life's work. In a, in a certain category, uh, going through all 32 Beach Boys albums in a mega tournament and and talking about each of them in the different eras of the Beach Boys career. Uh, but Jason has continued making music uh, under the name Sunstrom Sound. He also was in a fantastic band called Wonderful that that may be releasing some more tunes soon as well. Um, but the Sunstrom Sound stuff is great. And his uh, my favorite album of his, Honey Crunch, came out this year. And my favorite song is the song called Flexagon. I would highly recommend this record, especially if you have like instrumental uh, background music that you play for work or studying. I have a playlist for that where um, I want some instrumental music on that's got a little beat to it. It's like a little more. I, I also will sometimes listen to lo-fi hip hop, which I know is, is very popular for like background music. But this is like a little more going on than that, you know, a little bit more to catch the ear and kind of keep the body moving. Um, when when you don't have to be quite as mentally focused. And this track is a perfect addition to anything like that. For me, it actually just is on my favorite. It's just one of my favorite songs of the year. I've listened to it countless times. I just love the main hook. So here's Flexagon by Sundstrom Sound. <laughs> You no, the music stands by itself, but that record is so interesting because he's got this whole setup of all these analog synthesizers and sequencers and everything in, uh, you know, one of the bedrooms in their house. And every track on this record is like performed, so to speak. You know, a lot of it is pre-sequenced and obviously pre-programmed and all that, but he actually plays it live And then records that, um, you know, it's it's like basically like a live performance uh, that then he does some sort of mixing with and and whatnot. But it's like a lot of preparation and you can hear the the warmth of that approach in the recording. um, Just a a very cool feat. And uh, I've I've also really enjoyed writing a little bit of advertising music with Jason, basically an excuse to hang out with him, uh, which is really the main reason that I do advertising music with anybody anymore as an excuse to hang out with my friends as I transition out of that work and into becoming a psychologist. Speaking of hanging out with friends, another guest of the pod, Stephen James Aguilar, who joined me for the Power Pop Revival Tournament. Uh, Steven and I have also written some ad music together. This is becoming a theme, obviously here today. Uh, But a song that I discovered way late, you know, 30 years late or so almost, prepping for that episode, um, and it was in the episode. Is I've been waiting by Matthew Sweet from his album Girlfriend from 1991. Okay, so I guess I was 32 years late on this song, and I didn't grow up with this record. I mean, it might have been on the the radio at some point, but I would have been in a thick Nirvana haze uh, at this time, or maybe even still listening to hip hop or something. So I missed it at the time. I love it now. Uh, power pop as a genre. I now realize is actually what Sherwood wrote, especially I would say our second and third records, kind of an emo power pop. I saw some reviewers, I was uh, navel gazing and looked at some Sherwood reviews on a website the other day. Not a thing I'm in a a habit of doing in general, but I I happen to get curious. And they use the term power pop and I was like, oh, I think that's right. Um, I wouldn't have thought of it that way, but it's like, you know it's distorted guitars, pop songwriting. Definitely got a '60s vibe to it. It it fits the it fits the bill. It was also emo. It was a little bit indie. Whatever it was, but uh, I you know it's just becoming clear to me how important that genre is to me musically. And here is a great great example of this early '90s uh, revival of that '60s and '70s power pop sound. I've been waiting by Matthew Sweet. When- Matthew, we all know what that's like waiting for a girlfriend, especially uh, ages 11 to 16 or so. Man, if I had heard that song back then, just think how much I would love it now. Uh, Okay, 2023 is a year in which only one artist made both year-end playlists, the rock one and the regular one, and that is Weezer. This was the year of Weezer for me. I looked at my, you know, there's the Spotify wrapped that everybody does. And Apple Music, which is my primary personal listening service, has one called Apple Music Replay or something like that, Year in Music Replay. And uh, it was pretty great because it was like basically number one, Weezer. And then number two and number three were all Transformers uh, soundtrack songs because my son loves to listen to the Transformers uh, uh, soundtrack music. He's not old enough yet to watch like the Michael Bay you know, live action Transformer movie. And then I think there have been like six or seven of them now. That'll be fun when he gets old enough. And I will have to sort of uh, grit my way through them with him, maybe some more than others. Kind of excited to see Bumblebee uh, and Rise of the Beasts. But anyway, he listens to a ton of that shit and will pretend to be Transformers and make sounds and run around the house and we'll... Well, clear bedrooms of Decepticons with, uh, you know, the song Autobots Enter playing in the background. Here, I might as well, let will just give you guys an example of this. This is what we listen to all the time in our house. Here is, for instance, Autobots from the first Transformers film, 2007, directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> Anyway, you get the point. Uh, so that was mostly what it showed on my Apple Music replay. But then the other thing was just like, you also listens to a shit ton of Weezer. And it really was the Weezer year for me. I talked with Roman about it on that Weezer Albums Tournament episode that I, I kind of figured out. They they are my favorite rock band. Jimmy Eat World is taking a second, second seat, second chair. Uh, Beach Boys, of course, never to be dethroned from overall favorite artist. But Weezer continues to put out surprisingly good stuff. And for instance, there's a track here called I Want a Dog from the Seasons EP Winter. It's been collected into an album, but really they released four EPs, one per season of the year. And I, that's in 2022. Uh, And this one, I Want a Dog, is actually pretty incredible. It's like a song about an existential crisis and the human condition. It also changes time signatures, goes from like rock music to more kind of orchestral pop. It's weird. And it reflects the oddness of Rivers Cuomo's psyche and approach to life. My buddy Trip Fuller brought this song up. In a, a You Have Permission episode we did of, like, an existential road trip playlist episode. And uh, he thought that I was going to choose it because of because the lyrics are so existential and, and, and weird and, and deep. And it's just, like, what a fucking weird little document this song is. I love it. I also really love the song Iambic Pentameter from this same winter EP that Rivers had been shouting out in interviews as, like, some of his best work of course everybody always says that about their new stuff but that song rips and it's again super adventurous and exper- a little bit experimental but it works and so does this one i want a dog by weezer keeping score we all are rational agents we make our deals to china Not everybody's gonna probably be convinced by that as being great, but I think it's great. And I am so glad to have had the chance to revisit stuff of theirs that I had ignored throughout the last really 10 or 15 years. I mean, Hurley was 09 and I was ignoring that record. So at least as far back as that. Really, probably since the red album. I don't know. Anyway, I love Weezer, I love them so much, I love so much of what they do. And I am glad that Rivers is still kicking and and taking chances. And I realized that that's not going to be a a consensus pick or a cool pick, but fuck them. Another artist from this year who was not on my radar because of the episode. Someone else had already turned me on to Henry Jameson before we recorded the Indie Folk and Americana mega tournament. Uh, My a good friend, Ben Bishop and I, but I dug deeper into his catalog because of that. And I wanted to make sure to get him into that um, tournament because I've been so impressed with his stuff. And this song, I don't even think we played it. It was on the playlist. And so it came up in my personal listening, but I don't think we made it here in the tournament. This is a song from his album, The Years, from 2022, last year, called Fanfare. Uh, and man, this this chorus and, and pre-chorus just stuck with me. Been stuck in my head all day long, various days, uh, like at the therapy office and stuff like that. So love this track, Fanfare by Henry Jameson. Oh well, you got a degree in history. Well, here's a fanfare for the century. So great. Another one that I played, we got two songs left here. I played this at some point because it reminded me of the Zach Bryan Bonavere stuff. And oh, it was when we were, it looked like Zach Bryan had covered Motorcycle Drive By uh, by Third Eye Blind, but actually just had his own song called Motorcycle Drive By. <laughs> Very clearly not a third eye, uh, third eye Blind cover, but Zach Bryan has been obviously blowing up. If you're paying any attention to country music, even at the most peripherally, which is the only way I pay attention to it, really, like, you know, Casey Musgraves and stuff like that. He, he's he been, uh, he's been massive and he's been doing work with other artists as far as I can tell. I haven't gotten that deep into his stuff, but I, I have enjoyed a number of tracks, uh, especially including this one with Bonavere, uh, called Boys of Faith that just stuck with me all year. So here's Zach Bryan and Bonavere, Boys of Faith said and gave your heart something to believe in cause boys like us fade away but you stuck around Lucky, we were lucky for the light. Who'd those things You'll find a billboard way at New York at night? Hmm. I feel like I have very little access to that world. And music is a, a nice way to experience other people's life experiences, I guess. That's probably one of the things that we love about it. Speaking of which, this, this final track, which is almost like a coda on the mix, is very much uh, from a world that I don't have access to. Um, there is this artist, I'm probably saying this wrong, Natalia Lafourcade. She is uh, from Mexico and is massive in Latin America. She's got 14 Latin Grammys, two Grammys in the U.S., a Billboard Award, three MTV Awards, my San Jose, like, old punk and ska scene buddies turned me on to her a few years back, I think. And she's... Her her discography moves around uh, a fair bit. I, I've liked songs on multiple albums of her, but especially this 2015 album, "Asta La Rice, R-A-I-Z. Again, I, I really don't know a ton about... um. <laughs> her and I don't listen to a ton of sort of Latin pop music it's it's not really my world um, during Soren's first two years of life when I was working on my Havana Swim Club project I was listening to a lot of Brazilian music uh, especially and the the way that Brazil was actually sort of economically doing quite well in the 60s and 70s compared to other Latin American and Central American countries made for a really interesting cross pollination between Brazilian and American music. Those are, that's the era where we get like Samba and bossa nova crossing over into the US. We, you know, F- Frank Sinatra um, did bossa nova records. You know, we, that, that's a really cool time. The, the I think the Austin Powers theme song, is like a Quincy Jones track with a bunch of Latin American influence on it. That is a really interesting time of music. And it sort of opened me up to more uh, worldwide music from outside the U S but I'm, I'm still very slow on the uptake with all of that stuff and certainly don't spend a considerable amount of time trying to keep up with it. Uh, but, but Natalia has been just a really, um, a beautiful addition To a lot of my playlists that music I'll play like in the mornings, maybe on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning around the house, or music I played uh, with Soren when he was a baby, and we want really kind of gentle stuff playing on the speakers, and with a new one coming, I think I'll be going back to a lot of this music, so it's kind of a fitting way to end this mix right Right as we are about to welcome in our second child. So here is Partir de Mi by Natalia Lafourcade. So So beautiful. Love that melody. So great. Maybe I'll do episodes for previous years of these year-end playlists. You know, last year, for instance, there was a bunch of yacht rock. <laughs> because uh, you know, the, the, the episode I did with Tyson about a year ago now, the Yacht Rock Tournament episode. Again, if you're a new listener, there's some some gems in those first 20 or so episodes of, of pretty good vibrations. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Today and all the time. Um, It's been really like one of the great joys of the last 15 months or so of my life to have a little community around this podcast. Um, No more so than, uh, nowhere more so than real life friends of mine who listen to this and have an excuse or reason to text me and keep in touch, Uh, especially those of us, the friends I made through music over the years, that's just been so, so fun and um, just really a joy. So please keep those texts coming, friends. And yeah, we got the Facebook group. So I'll put up an episode thread for this episode on there. The link is in the show notes if you wanna join that Facebook group. And it's just a simple little discussion group for the show, sharing ideas, tracks that I missed, you know, thoughts thoughts about the episode and sharing uh, recommendations with each other. All right. Thanks guys so much. Well, we've got some more episodes coming even though we've got a new baby here. I think I'm going to be able to find time actually to to record some of these things because I don't actually need nearly as much of my brain power as I need for my other podcast, you have permission, or as I need to do for instance therapy work with clients. This stuff's a little easier to do and a lot of it comes kind of second nature, so we've got Coming up, we've got Indie Pop, if that hasn't already aired. Again, I don't know the the order. We've got a ska punk tournament that has mostly been recorded as of now. And then um, in the coming couple months, uh, been prepping for a few other episodes. For instance, a 2000s Emo Mega Mega Tournament. We are looking at 45 bands, I think, at the moment for that one as well as a 2000s post-hardcore mega-tournament. That one's looking to be 32-ish. And then Chad and I will at some point get back on to do a uh, top 10 hardcore bands instead of emo and punk, because he didn't know that hardcore was on the table. And that's a a fun um, genre of its own. Plus, uh, David Stewart and I are planning a couple different things, including an indie dance mega tournament a lot of these tournaments are just getting longer and longer and you know what that's fine that's that's totally fine so lots of fun stuff coming and appreciate you guys listening see ya